Hey guys, you're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 28, and we're going to be covering chapters 31 through 30. Now in chapter 31, we get the skilled craftsmen, and we get their names, Bezalel and Aholiab. And I think this chapter is amazing for a few reasons. God gives intricate details on how to build his tabernacle, but he doesn't abandon his people. He doesn't give these complex details without giving them provision. He gives them skillful men. Let's read the first few verses from chapter 31. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called Bezalel the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. Listen to this. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs, for work of gold and silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for settings and in the carving of wood that he may work in it all kinds of craftsmanship. And look at this. He also appointed Aholiab, who is of the tribe of Dan, and he's put the skill in him to build the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat above it and all the furniture of the tent. This is amazing to me. Because God wants relationship with his people and he aids them in that relationship. He says, look, this is what I prescribe. I'm not only giving you this prescription, I'm going to help you feel and fulfill this prescription. And this can get down into our everyday life today. A lot of times we feel that God has put us in complex circumstances, things that we can't manage, things that we don't feel called for. But I'm here to let you know today that the God who called you to it will get you through it. Now, the two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, are singled out for the task of putting all of the information together and building the tabernacle and all its furnishings and the other elements. And they're filled by the Spirit of God to do it. And we end this chapter in verse 12 by speaking of a regular keeping of the Sabbath, which serves a purpose for our benefit to help us along in a deeper understanding of who God is. Another way to put it, another way to put it is the tabernacle is a holy place, but the Sabbath is a holy time. And it says that this shall be a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath for it is holy to you. And this is where we learn that the tabernacle is a holy place, but the Sabbath is a holy time. And this moves us in to Exodus 32. And remember what I said, we have a bookmark here because now we're about to get some more narrative. We're about to move from the instruction and get some narrative. And it says, now it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, come make us a God who will go before us as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, tear off your gold rings, which are in the ears of your wife, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings, which were in the ears, and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made them a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it 
And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they rose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat, to drink and rose up to play. Now, we got to stop and talk about this. Just because Moses delays a little, the people grow anxious and angry and they start to act on their own. Now, let's not forget the rabble, the mixed multitude who was with them, because look at the God that they make. They have influence here, but let's not solely blame it on them. Israel bought in and Aaron bought in as well, which is why I was saying when God was calling Moses, he wanted Moses to have this task. But Moses said, I can't do it. And look at who he has to bring along with him because he didn't obey God. And it said God was angry because of that. He brings a pushover along with him. And that brings us to some application. What happens when God delays a little longer than expected in your life when you're in a test to test your heart? You may have a 30-day time frame. God may go 60. He may go a year. He may go five years or 10 years. What's the point? Will you say, come, let us go and make ourselves a God? You may not word it like that, but you may word it in a way that is more seductive and acceptable to your ears. So let's be careful that we do not commit this sin. One commentator says that Israel violated all 10 of the commandments right here in one act. Look at verse four. This is your God. Boom. Number one, you should have no gods before me. Look at number two, bring me your rings and they use a graven tool. You shall make no idols. Look at verse five. This shall be a feast to the Lord. They're trampling over the name of the Lord. This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt. They're mocking Yahweh. They're taking his name in vain. Verse five. This is a festival to the Lord. This is competing with the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath holy. They violate four and so on. I'll just grab another one with adultery. It says in verse six that they rose up to play. That's a euphemism for sexual acts. They're breaking a whole host of commandments here. And God is not happy. In fact, in verse seven, it says, then the Lord. You always have to look out for statements like this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, go down at once for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and have worshiped it and have sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel. Look at what God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have seen his people and behold, they are an obstinate people. Now then let me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them and I will make you a great nation. So I want you to see what's going on here. God is intentionally creating tension with Moses. He's birthing an intercessor because think about this. Moses is of the tribe of what? Levi. The seed has to come through the tribe of Judah. So God knows what it has to happen here. He knows that I've taught on high priests. Now I need to teach on intercessory prayer, on how someone needs to intercede for the people. And Moses does that. First, he gets upset. And I want to grab this 
In verse 15, it says, Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. I want to make an interesting note here that a lot of people don't catch. A lot of times when we see the Ten Commandments in public or the tablets, we either see one through four on one side, the vertical, and five through ten on the other, or we see them evenly divided by one through five on one side and six through ten on the other. That's not what the commandments would have looked like. The commandments would have had one through ten on one side and one through ten on the other. I tell you why, because it's tying into ancient Near Eastern language, this same suzerain vassal treaty that I'm talking about, anytime that you entered into a covenant with your suzerain, with your king, you all would write down the terms of your agreement. And guess what happens? You get a copy of it and God gets in a copy of it. God copy, which would go in the art and the other copy, which would stay with the people. And so that's what's happening here. The reason I want to build up on that, because Moses gets angry in verse 19, it says it came about as soon as Moses came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses anger burned and he threw the tablets from his hand and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. What's happening here? Moses is saying covenant is over. You all pour blood on yourself, bought in and said, all this we will do. And now you've broken the covenant. You've broken every command. And because you've broken your covenant, guess what God can do now? He can break his covenant with you legally. And this is why he's coming in his anger to destroy Israel. The nation of Israel is on the line of being destroyed, which quite naturally humanity is on the line of being destroyed. Because without the nation of Israel, there is no salvation. Because Christ has to come through Israel. And so Moses said to Aaron, this is the statement. What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourselves and they are prone to evil. For they said to me, make a God for us who will go before us for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt. We do not know what has become of him. I said to them. Whoever has any gold, let them tear it off. So they gave it to me. I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. Look at what Aaron is doing. He said, look, they gave me this gold. I threw it in there and I just got this calf. It just came out. And this is a pushover. This is what Moses will have to deal with for the rest of his ministry for not obeying God. But I don't want to pick on Aaron too much because God uses him and chooses him to be the high priest because of Moses' reluctance. And look at what they do. So Moses saw the people were out of control for Aaron had let them get out of control to, to be a derision amongst their enemies. Look at what Moses said. And Moses says, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And the sons of Levi gathered together to him and said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every man of you put his sword on his thigh and go back and forth from the gate to the camp and kill every man, his brother, and every man, his friend, and every man, his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed, and there were about 3,000 men of people fell that day. And look at that, one pass, one day, they swooped through 3,000 dead. And what's the thought? This won't stop until it gets to everybody. 
And then verse 35 says, then the Lord smote the people because of what they had did with the calf, which Aaron had made. So the nation of Israel is on the line. It's death everywhere. The Levites have gone through. God is smoting the people and we get an intercessor born. Look at what happens. Chapter 33. God tells Moses to go up into the land, but I will not go with you because you are obstinate people and I might destroy you on your way. Why does he say that? Because I'm holy. I've been teaching you all how to abide in my presence. If you do not listen to me, the only option is death. You all bought into this covenant. I'm teaching you about sacrifices. You must be holy. If you don't give the proper sacrifice, you will become the sacrifice. So verse four, there's mourning. When the people heard this sad word, they went into mourning and none of them put on their ornaments. Is this true repentance? We'll see. So this is getting pretty intense. Verse seven, Moses used to take the tent to pitch it outside the camp a good distance from the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his own tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. When the people saw the pillar cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses intercedes. Now we get an intercessor born. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Look at what God is doing. He's raising up an interceder. And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. But look at what God says. He says, OK, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us from here. So you see the change in the pronouns. God said singular. Moses switches it to plural. And look at what he says in verse 16. For how can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Look at what the Lord says. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight and I have known you by name. And look at what Moses does. He says, God, I need proof. This is a bit much. All of the people are being slain. I'm petitioning you, and you're saying you will grant my petition. I need proof. Look at what he says. Verse 18, Moses said, I pray, show me your glory, God. Please let me know that you're with me and that you'll grant me this. So Moses says, I need to, I need a sign. God, please show me that you're with me. He says in verse 18, I pray, show me your glory. And God says, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim 
the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and it shall come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cliff of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And so God grants Moses the proof. He shows Moses his glory. And look at what he says. This is also a part of his glory. He said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord to you. This is why teaching and preaching is important. God says, if you want to see my glory, if you want to know my glory, I have to proclaim something to you. I have to teach something to you. This is why we hear the word of the Lord faithfully. This is why we listen to the word accurately exposited. This is why we read our Bibles, because in this we find the glory of God. Satan has dimmed the eyes of this culture where they need a guitar revved up, where they need lights displayed all over the place, where they're doping you up with emotionalism and sensationalism, putting you on a spiritual high, making you a spiritual junkie, and it ends up being a drug, which is nothingness. And people have moved to those types of movements in droves, shallow, watered down, topical preaching, getting points to live your best life, self-improvement, self-help. The Bible is not being taught and we need a generation to rise up and start back going through the text and seeing the glory of God in the scriptures. And if we can see the glory of God in scripture, there and there only will people be transformed and we will truly get back to holiness. You have to see not only God showing Moses his presence, but God giving Moses his word. This is truly seeing the glory of God. And I pray, brothers and sisters, that you embark on reading your Bibles consistently. You sit under sound preaching and you encourage yourself in the Lord, because in these things, you are very nigh to the glory of God. You guys take care and I'll talk to you next time.